Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. This episode will be a guiding principle study and commentary. The aim is to provide insight to and context of the material within our book, Guiding Principles. This is not a meeting of Narcotics Anonymous. However, there will be some similarities in how the study will be conducted. Each study will have the audio recorded and then published to the Anonymous Podcast. The overall goal is to provide commentary of the text towards reaching those seeking a resource like this. If one person benefits from our efforts, including us, then the participation will be well worth the effort. We'll have the introductions and then we'll jump into the text. Enjoy. All right, welcome everyone. This is episode number one for the Guiding Principles study for the Anonymous podcast. Uh, we are going to begin on page Roman numeral seven with the introduction, but first we're going to go ahead and give our introductions. So Donna, can you jump in and introduce yourself, please? Hey, everybody. My name is Donna. I'm an addict. I live in Eugene, Oregon. My clean date is Thanksgiving Day, 1985. I attend meetings in Lane County, area of Narcotics Anonymous and online. Happy to be here. I hope we'll all learn lots. All right. Thanks, Donna. What's up, Phil? My name's Phil M. My clean date is 4-1995, and I attend meetings in the Pittsburgh area of Pennsylvania. Thanks, Phil. What's up, Bobby? Hey, everybody. I'm, I'm an addict. My name is Bobby, and I'm, uh, I live in Raleigh, North Carolina, and my home group is uh, the Wolfpack and Group of Narcotics Anonymous, uh, and my clean date is October 1st of 2020. Great right. to be here. Thanks, Bobby. What's up, Melissa? Hi, everyone. My name is Melissa, and I'm an addict. My clean date is May 21st, 2015. I attend meetings in the Slidell area, New Orleans area, and on Zoom. And I have two home groups, Spiritual Ninjas and Freedom to Change. And I'm really excited to be here. All right. Thank you, Melissa. What's up, Michelle? Hey. Good evening. Uh, my name is Michelle C. I'm from Bend, Oregon. Originally got clean in the Bay Area. Um, my clean date is 8-13-92. And um, my home group is the Early Risers. Thanks, Michelle. What's up, Casey? Hey, everybody. My name is Casey. Uh, my clean date is 9-30 of 2013. I attend meetings in the mid Willamette Valley area of Narcotics Anonymous, and my home group is the Tuesday, Thursday, West Side Recovery Group. All right, thanks, Casey. And I'm an addict. My name is Douglas. I got clean March 12, 2000 in the Southwestern PA, and I stay in the Raleigh, North Carolina area now. All right, folks, grab your Ghana Principles book, a highlighter and a pen or a pencil, and get ready. We're going to start. This is episode one. We're going to begin on Roman numer numeral page seven VII with the introduction and Donna would you be willing to read the first two paragraphs and start that comment I will introduction guiding principles our 12 traditions are about relationships with ourselves our groups our service bodies and our higher power while they addressed our practices and service they also provide a foundation for us to learn how to live they are practical and spiritual at the same time. Our traditions help us to navigate. They remind us where we are going and where we're likely to run aground. They also remind us that we steer our own ship. Unity and autonomy guide us, not uniformity and governance. We surrender authority to a higher power and come together as equals. Our primary purpose is to carry the message to the addict who still suffers. If we are to accomplish that, we need recovery ourselves. And we need to come together in unity to build the groups and provide the services that make recovery available to us all. We need every principle, every resource, and every member. Humility, empathy, and love are keys to selfless service. And selfless service frees us from the self-centeredness at the core of our disease. Yet many of us who have never tried to recover on a service alone find, oh, yet many of us who have tried to recover on service alone find sooner or later that without doing the hard work of the 12 steps, we don't have the tools to live by these principles. We need the steps if we are to follow the traditions and we need the traditions to create an atmosphere in which we find love, safety and anonymity necessary to work the steps. 
uh, lovely words, right? And we're going to, I think we're going to find doing this study that the traditions are uh, what we strive for. Uh, we're human beings and we're not perfect. We're going to make lots of mistakes. But if we are practicing in a, uh, an atmosphere of love, safety, and anonymity, we're allowed to make mistakes, right? And um, we're allowed to grow and to learn and to admit, you know, that maybe we don't know something. Um, so uh, I love that they talk about the traditions being about a relationship between ourselves, between our, our loving higher power, between our fellowship, you know, and that we're able to take the things that we learn here and take them out into our lives and uh, learn how to do things different. You guys heard me talk about this a lot when we were doing the basic text study, but I was reduced to an animal level of living skills when I got here. I didn't know the difference between right and wrong. And the traditions, in addition to the steps and a good sponsorship and a good home group, helped me to learn those things. So with that, I'll pass. I'm excited to be here. All right. Thanks for kicking us off, Donna. Jump on in, Melissa. Yeah, so right out the gate, um, it says our 12 traditions are about relationships with ourselves, our groups, our service bodies, and our higher power. And the first thing I thought about with that was that, like, wow, those are all the broken parts of me when I got here. You know, and by, by living the program and applying principles, those parts aren't so broken anymore, and um, they're becoming mended. And so I thought that was really powerful to start it off with that. And also, I liked how it said that um, many of us who have tried to recover on service alone and so on and so forth, that just reminded me of what I heard in one of my very first um, area meetings. And I heard there's either service-based recovery or recovery-based service. And um, when it's service-based recovery, it cannot it can't like withstand, like it doesn't last, like you need recovery to be able to continue in recovery. So I just thought those two statements were really powerful. Thanks. Thanks for those comments, Melissa. Jump on in, Phil. Uh, I do I do love the uh, humility, empathy, and love are keys to uh, selfless service. And uh, selfless service frees us from our self-centeredness uh, self at the core of our disease and how it goes on to say that that yet that we need the um, 12 steps too for the individual uh, to recover. So you can't have one without the other. And uh, I just thought that was just so cool how it like switched it into, you, you need, you, we need the steps uh, too. The individual still needs the steps to recover, to go along with the traditions to, uh, to um, to do the recovery thing. That's all. Yeah, thanks for that comment, Phil. I was thinking about that graphic I seen I saw once. It was it was like a hand holding a pencil, and the pencil was drawn like the hand holding the pencil was drawing another hand holding a pencil, and it was really cool. It was showing like a hand drawn a pencil and a hand drawn a pencil was drawn itself, and uh, and I think that's that's kind of what I read here. Like if if I need to get and I guess we'll use healthy, but maybe that's not the right term or something like that. But if I if I need to to navigate the steps, right, to take the steps to to get healthy enough to work the spiritual principles of the traditions in my life, working the spiritual principles of the traditions in my life allow me to continue to work the steps in my life. I think that's really beautiful. It's, a, it's kind of a nice snapshot right there. All right, folks, let's keep this going. And Bobby, could you read the next two paragraphs and comment, please? Absolutely. The 12 traditions have been part of the spiritual foundation of NA as we know it from our very beginnings. The principles arose out of experience. Bobby, I think we're on together our steps and traditions. Oh my gosh, I apologize. All right. <laughs> together, our steps and traditions allow us to grow and thrive, to interact with others, and to sustain ourselves through difficulty. These spiritual principles and practices can guide us in our decisions and service and throughout our lives. Although we each have different ways of connecting with and learning about the, the traditions, we can all agree that these are the principles that keep us alive and free. The 12 traditions have been part of the spiritual foundation of NA as we know it from our very beginnings. The principles arose out of experience, practical lessons learned 
from problems faced early in the development of our predecessor, Alcoholics Anonymous. Earlier programs created for addicts, including some bearing the same name, did not practice traditions and did not survive. Even the NA we know today was nearly lost. Only when some of our founding members insisted on following the traditions did our fellowship begin to experience stability and growth. Those early members understood the necessity of the traditions for our survival. Our need for these principles is just as great today. And um, yeah, I love in there um, where it discusses about the importance of the traditions and without traditions, you know, there's no possibility of survival. And, you know, that's something that I need to remember because, um, you know, I can easily get stuck in, you know, my recovery and, and, you know, the things that I need to do to stay clean, but I can't do that without following, you know, the traditions and, and to keep that so that our, you know, the stability and growth that I'm experiencing can also, you know, um, follow, you know, follow um, the group that I'm a part of and, and NA as a whole, because, um, you know, I kind of started out um, doing these traditions a little while ago with, with, with you, Douglas, and, uh, you know, I've learned a lot about, you know, the traditions and, and the stability, and, and it's not about me, right, it's about the service, and um, I just liked how it, it touches on that, and how it's been tried before without them and you know it, nothing nothing grew and nothing lasted so i think that's a powerful statement that i need to remember because uh you know without these traditions nothing else is possible so that's all i had to share about it yeah thanks bob i want to make a comment about that too and then i'm going to kick it over to casey and and uh um you know one thing that 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 gives me a lot of reassurance too is saying hey we right in a like we you know have seen what happens if we say, you know, to hell with it, you know, we're, we're going to do our own thing. We're not, you know, the traditions aren't, you know, we're good, we're good. And then it wasn't good. And so that gives me a lot of comfort of knowing that, okay, Hey, we do have a proven plan now that, that in, from our experience shows, Hey, we can create this stability, you know, and, and we can experience this growth and stuff like that now. And we have some, some things that, and, and feel back me up on this not negotiating with these right like the, the like the, this is it man this is it we don't have to this isn't a barter system here you know we're gonna rock and roll with this and it gives me a lot of hope because like um you know when i got clean if the folks would have said hey this is a coin flip you do all this stuff and it's a coin flip if you stay clean or not i would have been using that you know and so so i really i really bank on a lot of hope of saying hey look do what we do get what we have and and and, and i and, that, and that's what that's what i think about with with that Jump on in, Casey. Um, I really uh, love how these traditions have really um, shown, or the importance of the traditions has been shown, especially through dealing with the whole COVID thing. Um, you know, we had to uphold our traditions um, and we, we watched and we learned from groups who did and groups who didn't. And the groups who did thrive through it, they succeeded through it and they're, you know, doing great and well now. Um, I really also like what it talks about um, carrying these traditions like over into my own life. Like, you know, when I got here, I just didn't want to die. And what I've learned here and what I continue to learn here on a daily basis through practicing these principles and traditions in my life is insurmountable right? Like I didn't know, you know, Donna touched on it a little bit earlier. I didn't know how to be a good human being when I got here. I didn't know how to be honest. I didn't know how to carry myself with integrity. I didn't know how to not lie, cheat, or steal. I, I didn't know what I didn't know. And the only way that I learned those is by working these steps and learning about these principles and traditions. And I, I still am learning. And I hope that, um, that I always stay teachable and being able to learn from these traditions. You know, my hope in life is that I always uh, stay teachable in this process. So um, I don't know, man, traditions play a big part in my life um, individually and in a group setting and being of service within our community. Thanks, Casey. Jump on in, Michelle. Thanks, Douglas. Um, you know, the, the line that uh, I liked as well, and I think Casey was just referencing it as well, was where it talked about connecting with and learning about the traditions. Um, you know, I, when I first got clean, the very first uh, step group that I was in, we did a step in a tradition every week. So in my very first year, I went through all the steps and all the traditions. And um, it's funny because I'll talk to people a lot if I'm at retreats or at meetings and ask them like, you know, have you ever 
you ever worked with traditions and you read about them and and uh, you know I think often it's not as they're they're not worked hand in hand as much anymore and so you know I think resources like this are really great because it's opening people's eyes about the importance of this and you know it, it's hard being one of the only you know being someone in a room where traditions are getting broken and having to be the person to speak up to protect the, to protect the group right and and often still my voice will crack even though I've been you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in the traditions. I believe in, the, in, the, in the, the need for them for the unity. It's like my voice will still crack when I'm standing up for, for our traditions. And, um, and, you know, and sometimes I'll call somebody before I'll say, before I'll address something just to get that clarity. Cause you know, I wanna make sure I'm, I'm not coming from ego. I'm coming from a place of, this is my understanding of how this tradition is applied here and how it's not being honored. Um, and so, you know, taking those opportunities to educate and go to people who I know have a lot of knowledge about the traditions and, and continuing. Um, because, I mean, we, I think we've all probably watched meetings that have come almost to the end based on not following traditions, right? And that hurts the addict who's looking for, for the rooms. So, thanks. Michelle, that's really, that's really good. I appreciate that you give some context about like how to deliver that, right? Like how to, it's easy sometimes, man, to, to get up in the tree and start snipering, you know, and like, right, and doing that. But like, that, I thought that was really neat, you know, hit somebody up before the meeting, let them know, hey, you know, or, or talk to them, you know, over coffee or do something to say, hey, you know, this is out of love, but here, here's what it is. I think that's really neat. That's really good. And, and it's needed too. Any other comments on these two paragraphs, folks? All right, Melissa, can you read the next two, starting with Our Traditions Make? Sure, no problem. Our traditions make our principles very clear, yet understanding and application will draw us to study, interpretation, and growth. The principles that keep our fellowship alive and free are universal, allowing us to be incredibly flexible, and it can flourish and thrive in cultures and contexts around the world. The 12 traditions are not negotiable. That means they cannot be bought, bartered, traded on, or sold. That doesn't mean we are rigid, inflexible, or incapable of growth. Rather than seeing our traditions as limiting, we come to understand that they point the way to freedom. Our guiding principles help us steer clear of pitfalls, allowing us continued growth and change. Tradition is practice developed over time, which reflects both relief and identity. Traditions create con continuity. They bind people together. Although traditions are vital to any community, the way any given tradition is practiced can evolve. A family may come together for the same holiday meal over the course of many generations, but every year there may be differences in the celebration. The important elements remain stable. We come together in love and unity as part of something valuable and enduring. Our guiding principles don't change, but the way we practice them grows and develops as we do. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Um, one thing that really jumped out at me is when it talked about um, NA can flourish and thrive in cultures and contexts around the world. So I remember like the first time I went to a convention, actually it was a retreat and I saw, I don't know, a hundred people around a campfire and I only had like 24 days clean. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this many people are like clean and like they want the same thing as me. And then um, fast forward three or four years later, I go to the World Convention and there was over 27,000 recovering addicts there. And I really got into like, I don't know, just the amazement of like people all over the world are doing this. You know, like I, I had been part of um, the CAT. I don't know if you got the, on the car report. I cannot remember for the life of me what it stands for right now. Conference agenda report, there we go. And, um, and I remembered like hearing about like Iran and all these other countries that and how big a portion of NA that Iran is and just, just hearing about all that and um, that their inputs also are um, developing Narcotics Anonymous. Like it's not just an America thing, you know? And I was like, wow. And so when I went to this convention and I got to actually hug people from all across the world, I was like amazed. And I got to see, you know, that beauty in action and how we can all come together to make this thing work. And 
actually when I left that convention, I got on um, this online platform that was used before Zoom and um, went to any meetings all around the world. Like I would leave my home group and then I would hop on a meeting online just because I wanted to hear all these different viewpoints, you know, so I, I found them valuable ever since I've discovered them. So I just really like that the, um, the text here, uh, you know, comments on that. And also it, <laughs> I don't know, I've never, okay, so I've heard obviously of the traditions, but I never put it in the context of like <clears throat> family traditions or, traditions like things that are practiced and that we do annually or you know just things like that like it talks about tradition is practiced and developed over time and I was like wow that's true like I remember reading that it was like man because you know I just put a lot um you know we put a lot into traditions right we 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 make these things happen by like working together and like it talks about in here, like we come together for family occasions and things like that. And so like when I thought about it in this context of like Narcotics Anonymous, it was really cool to like, just see it in a different way. Like it's a tradition, like you do it over and over again and you work together when doing it. So that's all the comments I have, thanks. Thanks, Melissa. Anybody else wanna jump in on those two paragraphs? Jump on in a few. Oh, go ahead though. Uh, uh, good stuff. Uh, I I love that our traditions are not uh, uh, are not negotiable, and uh, we're not rigid and flexible, uh, and we can't be bought, bad, or traded, uh, or sold. And um, I always run with that. And anytime I'm talking about um, our traditions uh, in the home group service or we're like or or whatever. I said, you know, it's sort of like a um, done deal for us. And especially if we're reading it out of uh, our literature. But the other cool thing that I that I really, really liked, and it was going on about the family having the holiday meal and then how they get together with the unity and that and uh, all those other good things. But it was and it, it was talking about they do get together for like love and unity which are uh, spiritual principles. But what it says here is our guiding principles don't change, but the way we practice them uh, grows and develops as we do. So that's another thing that's, that's done is our spiritual principles. They don't change. That's all I have. Thanks, Phil. What's up, Donna? Hey there. I, I just... Um... I'm remembering uh, early recovery, uh, some of the people that would practice service a specific way and, um, and what a turnoff that was to me. Now you guys online can't see this, but I'm gonna show my group. This guy would stand up there with his basic text and slap the book like this. That's where the big book thumper thing comes in from, right? And like, this is the way you do it. And these are, this is the way it is. And if you don't do it this way, you're doing it wrong. And it was, where was the love? Where was the unity? Where was the surrender? Where was the acceptance? Where were the principles that we're talking about when we're talking about the traditions? Because the principles are more important than the words. Even the musts, Phil, even the musts. The principles of the traditions are important. And I think when you've been around a long time and you've done a lot of service and you've studied on the traditions, it's easy to think that you got all the answers. But just like we know when we do the steps over and over again, we learn new things, right? And so I think, you know, the world has changed forever. And it wasn't all that long ago, you could barely get on an online platform without people screaming and hollering that it wasn't a real meeting of Narcotics Anonymous. And we have learned and we have grown and things have changed and our spiritual principles have not been battered by that. They've not been damaged by that. They've been expounded by that. I think we can just continue to grow. Now we can't, don't be so open-minded that everything falls out, right? The, the traditions are not negotiable, uh, but neither are the spiritual principles of the traditions. So I'm talking to me as well as everybody else. Thanks. Thanks for those comments, Donna. Michelle, I'm going to come to you in a moment. I want to make a comment with, with that, that piece, Donna. And I wonder, and, and I don't have 
maybe like a specific feeling either way, but um, Phil, you, you know, the area where I got clean at, and it was very, um, you know, very like what you were talking about, you know, that, look, we, we have the right way, you know, you know, you know, as much as staying clean is, is, you know, the, the guy knows about being a fish or something like that, you know, like that whole, that, that, that whole thing. And I wonder though, I wonder, would it be possible to think of, of like, with, not about everything, but, but about the basic stuff, getting to a meeting, participating, staying away from people getting high, you know, like when people, when people are shouting that or whatever, like, is that, is that their brokenness? You know, is that their way of like hitting somebody with the love, you know, because I felt like, and, and, and time has kind of proved, proven this, you know, like those folk, I, I'll still go up to Southwestern PA and run into those folk and they'll still, you know, they're still yelling, right? Like they're still, it's like they just hit rewind and play. And if they're listening, they're probably not listening to this. If they are, I get nothing but love for, them, you know, but like they 12 step me 21 years ago saying the same, you know, saying the same shit kind of, but I felt like that was love. At least now I'm looking back and in, in, in their, in their capacity to do that. And so I, yeah, I don't know where I'm at with that, you know, because I, I what I see sometimes and Michelle, I'm going to kick it over to you. I want to say this. What I see sometimes, though, is like in my right here, right here, like I want to tell some people, man, shut the fuck up. You you over and over saying the same shit. Shut the fuck up. It's kind of changed a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like 20 years ago, I think that was cool. Now it's almost now my approach is like, hey, do you really, you know, I mean, you, you've said that, you know what I'm saying? It, it Like a little soft in the middle. And I don't know if I like that. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, anyway, it's good to laugh too. All right, Michelle, jump on in. Well, I'm going to touch on what you said, and then I'm going to touch on what I was going to say. But um, so I was in a meeting the other day, and somebody said, "You have to remember to look around the room when when you're not relating to the person who's sh sharing, and look for the person who's nodding their head, right? Because like I needed that tough love when I got here. I need because it saved my life, right? Having having my first sponsor talk to me in in a like in a, you need to do these things, not, it was a suggestion, it was do this or die. I needed that, right? Now that's not for everybody. Um, but but I thought that was a good reminder the other day on, on that topic of, of whether or not someone's bringing a love or not. Like there's someone in the room that may need to hear exactly that harsh message uh, to, to get it. Um, but the other thing I was gonna talk about, I loved, I loved how they uh, related it to family traditions. And I was thinking about how, you know, um, when I got clean 29 years ago, right? We didn't have a lot, and, and thinking about just the, the tra tradition six, right? And not getting into a lot of depth with it, but thinking about how that's evolved in the time that I've been here, right? When I, when I first got clean, there was just a few um, facilities out there and treatment centers and stuff, and there wasn't a lot of drug program. And now, um, you know, fast forward 29 years, and there's all these other ways that people are getting themselves started and courts and doctors and, and whatnots and this that's and and what have you and like we're still tradition six is still really clear like we don't we don't endorse any of that so like I was talking about the family piece like the tradition is the same as it was 29 years ago we have had to learn how to apply it differently and hold our boundaries around this tradition and and educate people right it was kind of like I was talking about earlier because and sometimes it's about educating you know, whole groups of people who are coming in from some of these places to say, you know, we don't need you to reference that here. It's not necessary. You're just an addict when you're here. Um, and, and doing that with love, right? Helping people understand why it's important for our meetings. That, you know, if some newcomers coming in that just got clean off the phone line, that they're not thinking that they have to go somewhere to get this, right? And um, so I think that, that that's just vitally important when they think about the newcomers. Thanks, Michelle. Any other comments on those two? Casey, could you read the next two? Sure. Our principles remain the same, but we face fresh challenges to them all the time. A new problem in one community is often an old problem in another. As in our personal recovery, we often feel unique or alone when we struggle, but most of our struggles are shared. If we are willing to be open about our difficulties and seek experience, Mostly we find someone who has been through the same thing. Sometimes though, we must still go through it to learn for ourselves. 
some experienced new members saw this firsthand when they were doing outreach work with newer members in, in a place where NA was just getting started. One by one, the members from older communities shared their experience with the 12 traditions of NA. Some were emotional, some were philosophical, some went deep in the history and origins of these principles. Each time when the speaker finished, one of the newer members listened and would ask a question like, yeah, okay, but can we buy refreshments for the meeting? Um, you know, what popped in my mind as we were reading this is, is my experience in working with other women, um, both as the sponsor and the sponsee. Um, when I first started sponsoring, I, I would see people go through similar things that I had gone through and I would think, oh, great, I get to share my experience with them. But then they wouldn't take the suggestion or they did it differently. And I had a really hard time with that. Um, I had a really hard time with the fact that um, what they opted to do would be different from what I did because what I did worked for me, right? And so what I've learned in the sponsoring women um, later on in, in my recovery is that we all have these different experiences. We all have these different ways of what works for us. And that's the beauty of this program is that there are multiple women who have had experiences with, you know, whatever it is, fill in the blank. And there are different routes that we can take as long as we stay within these principles and traditions, right? So I really love that, that, um, that there are different avenues and that my experience and my recovery may not be or my outcome with my experience may not be the same as the woman that I'm sponsoring, right? But that doesn't make it wrong. It makes it her experience. And um, at the end of the day, she stays clean through it. That's really what's most important because we learn as we grow and we grow at different paces. And so I, I really had a hard time grasping that when I first got here or when I first started with working with other women is that we all grow at different paces and we all take different avenues. and. Um, it's a beautiful thing nonetheless, no matter which avenue you take. So. Thanks for that, Casey. I was sitting here and I was like, oh, when you said that, because like, I'm real quick to be, to, to think like, damn, you should be, I mean, maybe not like super bad, but I'm real quick to be like, damn, you should probably be a little bit further along. You know, like if I see some behavior in somebody else, but then like when I'm, when I'm a, when I'm a fucking hot mess, right. You know, I want some grace extended to me, you know, I want some love and it's some, some patience. So thanks for that. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Jump on in, Bobby. Yeah, thank you guys. Um, what jumped out at me, you know, when, when you were sharing that as well was talking about feeling alone, you know, when I'm going through struggles or, or feeling unique, right? You know, in my active addiction, I was more alone than I've ever been, right? And, and I'd never felt that I could talk with someone that wasn't in recovery. Um, you know, I've been trying to get clean for 20 years, but I never felt more connected than when I was, A, I was abstinent and B, I was working steps. And so, you know, Douglas, working with you, I've learned transparency is so key to not only remaining clean, but just feeling a, a sense of connectedness, not with each other and, and feeling that I'm understood, you know, and that, yeah, our, our, our experiences might be a little different, but the struggles are all the same. You know, and, and I'm grateful for that to be to be able to open up, be be comfortable enough to open up and not feel judged and, and know that I'm not alone in, in whatever I'm going through, whatever struggle I might be feeling today, you've already gone through it and people in the rooms have already gone through it. And so just to make to feel that sense of, uh, you know, I don't know, just being understood and, and being comfortable enough to, to open up about it, I think is, is, is important for me and, and another thing for me to remember. So those are the comments I got. Thank you. Thanks, Bobby. Hey, Phil, can you jump in and read the next two paragraphs, starting with yeah. the following answers? Yeah, sure. Um, if all the answers were provided for us, we wouldn't have to spend so much time in discussion. Simple issues wouldn't bring us together or drive us to reach out and we wouldn't learn much uh, that way. As we build our relationships to our traditions, questions like, can we serve refreshments? Can we uh, can bring us to examine our principles and values, our priorities and the ways we, we make decisions in our groups. When we allow these decisions, the time and energy um, they deserve our understanding 
of the spiritual principles underlying the 12 traditions deepen, and so does our practice. Um, there are countless ways we can learn about the traditions from simply hearing them, reading in meetings and studying them in great detail. One member shared that this first learning experience with the traditions came through a simple exercise. My first sponsor told me to read the 12 traditions aloud to myself, uh, replacing NA with my own name. It felt awkward at first, but it gave me a new way to look at the traditions. Whatever way uh, our work in, in the traditions begins, the learning process is an ongoing journey, much like our work uh, to the steps. Yeah, um, yeah, there's all kinds of ways of um, studying uh, traditions and uh, uh, I've, I've had the luxury in the area that I, I live in and the sponsor family I, I belong to, uh, to um, they, uh, they are traditionalists. So um, all through my recovery, uh, I have studied um, uh, uh, steps and traditions, you know, and, uh, um, and even in um, our area, we have step and tradition study, study meetings uh, um, and all kinds of ways of studying. I've had the luxury of one of my home groups in, in Pittsburgh, I, I belong to it, it's a men's meeting. We went through the whole guiding principles book as a home group. So um, yeah, studying to great detail, um, uh, learning about them, um, yeah. Um, they're so, they're so needed. They are so, um, necessary in, um, uh, in, in living life, um, uh, doing recovery, uh, working with people and, um, um, all kinds of ways of doing things. And it's still reminding us we need the steps to go with them too. That's all I have. Thank you for that, Phil. What's up, Donna P? I'm reminded of um, a group I joined. Uh, I put a challenge out to my higher powers, like, okay, if you want me to have a home group, these are the requirements. And I listed them out and I showed up this meeting and they were all there. It was a trick, however, I'll tell you guys about that another time. But there was only one person doing service there. And what I got to recognize over time is because he was the only person doing service, he was in charge of the meeting, he was in charge of the money, he was in charge of every single thing. And it's not uncommon for a group, a home group to buy a cake when somebody has an anniversary, but he was buying them for people when they had 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, six months, nine months, a year, 18 months. And, and when I realized that was what was going on, I'm like, what the heck is happening here? But what the heck was happening there is there was one person that was that was doing everything. And um, you know, uh the most one of the most important things, I don't know, the most important thing is the is the um, absolute fact that groups are autonomous. And as long as they are uh, not doing anything that would harm NA as a whole, they're allowed to run the meeting how they want. And <laughs> I didn't like this, right? But it wasn't actually breaking a tradition that I could figure out, right? So what do we do in those cases? we get involved, right? We become a home group member and we come up, become a part of the discussion. And I, you know, this guy and I had a really hard time with each other because I'm coming from a place of 20 years clean and I got all the answers and he's coming from a, you don't tell me what to do because I'm running the whole show here, right? And uh, we ended up really loving each other after a few years. <laughs> <laughs> he even came to my house and watched my dog, which was a big deal. You know, that's the other thing about learning about the traditions, really working a program, working with a group. You learn that you can work with people that maybe you wouldn't otherwise like or spend a lot of time with. But you, for the good of NA or for the good of a newcomer or for the good of a group, 
You can follow these traditions and you can get some good things done. That's all I got to say. Hey Donna, that's so good too. And, and, and it, you know, it shows, it shows like um, maybe just getting clean and maybe not having some, you know, some awakening of my spirit when I interact with something like you just said, there's two ways that I react to that. Like I have to dominate and bend you to my will, right? Or the other one, which is really common, you know, we see this a lot. Fuck you. I'm out. I ain't coming back. And, and, I, and I just appreciate that, that awakening of the spirit with what you said. And I hope the folks listening, like really grab onto that. Get involved. What can I do? What position can, can I, can I put the chairs away after the mini? Can I do something? Can I get involved? That's beautiful, man. That goes against the two, you know, the two options that we come in, like with that default, let me bend you to my will or let me, let me roll out. Now let me get involved. Let me get involved and serve. And then, and I love that, like a couple years it took. Whew. Yeah, that's good. That's great. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. All right, folks, look, let's, um, let's add some context here. And then I'm going to ask Michelle to read the last two uh, paragraphs and then comment. But look, here's how the sections are. And so for the folks listening in, we see that we're, we're writing the introduction. And just stick with us each week. You know, we're going to throw an hour at you each week. We're going to jump into, you know, answering the questions and, and digging into definitions and all that stuff. But if we if we go back to Roman numeral seven, we see God and principles. This is going to this is the bird's eye view. This is hey and hey, what are we touching on? What are we touching on? And then what Michelle's about to finish up and then we're going to lead into about this book. If we look on Roman numeral, numeral uh, X, so that's 10. We say, hey, this is a little bit of the history of how this book was composed. And we look in this book and this is the structure. You know, we have our members, groups, service committees. Right. And so that's the flow of it. So maybe this episode, a little bit of next episode, we're laying the groundwork and then we're going to jump into it. So so that's a little bit of context of how we're flowing. Michelle, are we good to go for the last two and then comment? I do believe. All right. So the chapter, What Can I Do? from our basic text encourages new members to take the steps outlined in the previous chapter as a way of answering the questions that may be troubling us. Begin your own program by taking step one from the previous chapter, how it works go on to step two, and so forth. And as you go on, you will come to an understanding of the program for yourself. This is a critical line in our literature and its appearance in the chapter that falls between the 12 steps and the 12 traditions is not coincidental. Even as we practice a program of recovery that is outlined for us in our literature and shared with us by our sponsor and in meetings, ultimately, we come to our own understanding. In fact, it is necessary for us to do so. If any if any recovery will be a way of life for us and not just a phase we pass through, we must understand and make it our own. Understanding the traditions is part of coming to an understanding of the program for ourselves. If it is only through understanding and application that they work, how do we learn to understand and apply our traditions? In our groups across the fellowship and around the world, we've been answering this question for many years, but the answers to particular questions are not always the same. When we are engaged in creative action of the spirit, whether in our personal lives or in our service work, we may be surprised by the solutions that present themselves. This book offers a set of tools that can help each of us to learn about our principles, consider some challenging questions and come to an understanding for ourselves. Um, so, so I love this, you know, I, um, this is, this is actually my first time through the Guiding Principles book. And um, although I have worked traditions with my sponsees many times over the years using, um, you know, tools and, and questions that had come uh, up in my recovery over the years, um, having a resource now to offer more guidance, I think is so critical because, you know, as I said in the very beginning, I feel like sometimes this is missing, right? We come in, we get busy working the steps, you know, we, we start building our own personal program, we meet people, we get a sponsor, we're doing all this stuff and the traditions kind of get forgotten until there's an issue where somebody points out to us that maybe we're, we're not uh, honoring the spiritual principles of a tradition. Um, so I think having this resource available and having the opportunity to, to start educating ourselves more so that we know how to apply them, that we know how to to bring those spiritual principles with us into the rooms, you know, for that unity so that, so that any doesn't die, you know, I, I would hate personally, I would, I'm never going to let that happen, but, <laughs> um, but, uh, 
you know, uh, we, we can disagree without being disagreeable, even when things are non-negotiable, right? And, uh, you know, I, I've even had an opportunity, uh, one of the times I was working steps with a group of women and something came up and I didn't, I actually, I didn't know the answer. And so I went to world, I sent the question to world and I said, this came up when we were working this tradition and I'm curious to get your feedback on how it applies. And, uh, you know, they gave me some feedback. And so we brought that back to the group and talked about how we could apply that. And so I, I just think it's a great opportunity to know that, you know, there's always more to learn and there's always more to, to grow spiritually and to um, better myself as a human and to be a better part of the solution in recovery, helping those addicts that want to stay clean. Thanks, Michelle and Donna. You know, like you always say, you know, it's safe now. Like it's safe to say, guys, I don't know. Yeah, I just don't know. Like it's safe. And I think that's so important, especially as we navigate these traditions and how, especially like right here, when it talks about we're engaged in this creative action of the spirit. Uh, and so if we look at that in the home group, my question is, um, you know, so we don't get the answer, right, about the refreshment piece. And I like that. I like it, how it's kind of like, hey, you know, but these are some things that we can apply, figure out what our our values are, right, like what we want there. And, and I wonder if, if look, we may be surprised by the solutions and stuff. Does that, are we being guided to, to just say, hey, you know what, I can take a step back. I might be of the mindset, yeah, we should be buying cookies to have at the meeting, right? But if the home group votes, you know, if the group conscience, you know, votes and says, hey, you know, fuck that. Like, I'm trying to get my spirit okay with it. But is that true for, for vice versa? You know, is that, is that true? Like, if I say no, all the funds need to go to, to, you know, up the ladder, members should buy the cookies and bring them. Am I called to be open to that, too, if the group votes on that? That was just a question I had, you know, as we, as we were reading. So any, if anyone wants to jump in uh, with that, or does anybody want to share in the last two paragraphs of the Ghana principles part? Jump in, Phil. I'll be real quick. I just want to elaborate on, on what you said. And it, and it is cool with that uh, engage in a uh, creative action uh, of the spirit, rather in our personal lives or in service work, we may be surprised by a solution that presents itself. But, um, uh, you know, just like, like the literature says, uh, the members forget that there is a spirit that's attached to us. And, and this book is guiding um, uh, principles only through understanding and application um, that it works. And we got to get some kind of uh, under, understanding of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I love to have the wisdom to know the difference. You know, I don't think there's... Um, I think there's so much blessings in that wisdom to know the difference and uh, versus uh, the wisdom uh, of not knowing. Wisdom is, is a blessing. And any, any kind of wisdom, uh, you know something, you know. And to know the difference, uh, 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 what, a, what a blessing. But uh, on, on the spiritual note, uh, uh, it's still that, that application. And it's gonna be that hit to the spirit too, because the spirit's attached to us. And that's how I, I see all that in, in that uh, paragraph. Thank you. Thank you for that, Phil. Got Melissa coming in and then I got you, Donna. Yeah, so um, Phil, you surprised me. You didn't comment on the must. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we must understand and make it our own. You know, it talks about it, you know, if we don't, you know, it'll just be a phase, right? So the phase, um, so this statement, that's just reminded me that like, you know, when I'm like forced to do something, I'll do it for just as long as I'm forced to. Sometimes I'll even throw up my hands at that point, but um, like by making it my own and um, learning why we do it and like the, you know, like I talked about earlier, the study interpretation and growth by doing that, um, I do make it my own, right? And I'm um, being open to discussion. And there's been many times where I thought something was one way, come to find out, like I can be open-minded about it and learn something. So all that to me is making it my own, you know? And also I really liked when, how it said when we are engaged in creative action of the spirit. Um, I like that line because, you know, it, it, I've already, I've had that happen, you know, throughout my recovery um, at different points, but something came up for me when reading that and it was actually relatively recently I'd say maybe in the past two to three months or so and 
there was all of a sudden newcomers coming, right? And I, I guess maybe it's because the pandemic has started to lighten up and um, while it had been just the same few people and dwindling, you know, um, for whatever reason, I'm sure various reasons. But uh, I just became like hyper-focused on like, what can we do to invite the newcomer? You know, um, we had like one or two and I'm like, we need to build back up because addicts are still dying, you know? So I brought it to the business meeting and I'm like, what can we do? So, I mean, in that meeting, in that business meeting, it was so spiritual. We came up with the uh, group conscious decision um, was that we, we would like make phone lists, like preset phone lists that way, like of all the home group members, that way, if we weren't at that particular meeting, they would still have our numbers and we could still be available to them. We, we decided that we were gonna have a function and um, just like several different ideas, you know, and what do you know, we've like picked up two to three home group members, not just people coming into the meetings, but since then. So in that discussion and that engagement, I like that it used the word engaged, right? Because it's not just a spectator sport, it's being engaged. So um, by being engaged with others, I'm learning, we're learning together and we're growing like in unity. So um, thanks, it's all I got. Thanks, Melissa. What's up, Donna? Thanks, Melissa. That was really lovely. Um, I, I, you know, um, like when I talk about the seventh step about character defects and that humility, um, I find that the, the one of the best ways to get humble and one of the best ways to come face to face with my character defects is through service work, right? And that is also the way I learned about the traditions was by doing service work. I learned about how to apply spiritual principles in a business meeting, making decisions, coming to an understanding, helping the newcomer, working with someone I don't like, having a greeter at the door, you know, deciding whether to buy cookies or not, you know, all of that stuff was a learning process. <clears throat> and, um, you know, there might be people in the meeting when you walk in who sound like they have all the answers. Um, let me tell you, first of all, they don't. And second of all, they had to learn too. Right, we all have to learn. And like it's said in here beautifully that we have to come to an understanding of our own. Listen, I have found out that my personal principles and my personal values, they don't apply to everybody. And you know what? I came here to learn that. I came here to be who I am. And, um, and, I had, and that is what I have learned here. And that's what applying the spiritual principles of the traditions and the steps to my life has brought me to. That's a beautiful thing, right? If we were all the same, it would be really boring. And even if our understanding of all the traditions were the same, you might be doing it the right way, which is my way, of course, or you or we might be getting creative and learning something different, you know, coming up with new, uh, new ideas. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for that, Donna. Anyone else want to make any comments on those two? All right, folks, we're going to jump into a little bit of the history about this book or how this book was composed now. So let's go about this book. And Bobby, could you read those two paragraphs there and then comment? About this book. This book emerged from a driving need for greater understanding of the principles of our traditions and how we apply them. Around the world, NA members have sought practical, simple, experience-based material on the 12 traditions. There are many differences in the ways we understand and practice these principles within our fellowship, and this workbook does not presume to declare one way of thinking or practicing right or wrong. At the same time, it wouldn't serve us very well to write a book that didn't help us answer the questions that trouble us so greatly. We gathered experience, strength, and hope from addicts across our fellowship, worksheets handed down from sponsor to sponsee, notes from hundreds of workshops, personal writings sent in by members around the world, stacks of speaker recordings. Together, the workbook, the work group sorted through this material, finding themes and practices that were common and languages that helped us understand in new ways. We counted every word and we tried to make every word count. The writing exercises, discussion prompts, and workshop questions that follow come from material that members have been creating and using in smaller groups. This book comes from long discussions, sharing, and the many, many questions we ask. Like all of our literature, this book is written by addicts for addicts, from the 
shared experience of addicts recovering in Narcotics Anonymous. The result is a collection of tools and experience on how to work through issues together using the principles embodied in the traditions. Yeah, for me, I mean, these paragraphs are pretty powerful. I mean, the, the amount of work that went into putting this together, I mean, the service work involved with this to me is just, it's, it's, it's such a hope shot, you know, for, for people from all over the world to come together and, and have all these different schools of thought, so to speak, or, or, you know, different experiences or, you know, where they've been in their lives to come together and, and create a, a workbook like this for us. I mean, it's a powerful thing. So it, for me, it like want, makes me want to keep reading, you know, if I'm, if I'm new, which I am new to this book, first time I've read it. Um, or that I'm reading through it. I mean, it makes me want to keep reading, you know, like it, it's a, it's a powerful thing for me to, to read something like that. And, um, and it's like a, a, almost a gratitude phase for me, right? Like, uh, you know, um, all the hours and, and um, research and everything else that kind of went into doing it. It's a powerful thing for me to read. So those are kind of my thoughts on it. Thanks for those comments, Bobby. And I, I feel the same way too. Like I worked the traditions with my guys through a, a PDF that came from Atlanta circa, it was before I got clean, you know, so, so it was, you know, then and stuff. And it's really cool though, you know, and so I'm really excited about like um, uh, looking into this and unpacking this. And one thing that like the Living Clean book says this too, you know, it's addicts, it's written by addicts and for addicts. And if you've been around for a minute, you know, the great divide, right? Like we're either with Nas or we're not, you know, this, anything from the gray book, uh, uh, you know, outside of that is really not biotics for it. You know, that whole, that whole mess. And, and, uh, and I heard Paul say one time, it was like, he was talking about, um, you know, we addicts come together, we write this material. And if we, if we get maybe somebody to polish it up a little bit or something like that, it's really okay. You know, it's okay. And if our literature was edited, or, or went through an editing process or something like that, I guess. Um, don't feel, you, you folks help me out here if I'm, if I'm, you know, going off on a, on a little tangent, but is that what, is that why it's really important for us to, to read that? Like this is by addicts for addicts because of like editors. It, was that, is that the, is that the big issue that we hear with the literature? Now, somebody help me out, add some context there. Phil, go ahead, jump in. Donna, jump in after him. I'll, I'll, I'll just I'll just be real real quick. All the things you're talking about, I I don't I don't see that what we're reading. So I'm just going to go by what I'm what I'm reading. What appears is what 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 I what we're, what we are reading, and it says addicts by addicts, recovering addicts in Narcotics Anonymous, and I I can attest I've been part of, of this uh, book. So, and it was addicts. So that's all I know. All right, Phil. Thanks, Donna. Yeah, you know, that controversy goes back way before this book, way before it works, how and why. You know, it goes back to the second tradition of the basic text. And so it's, a, it's an old controversy and there's a lot of energy behind it. I love a lot of the people on both sides of the issue. Um, I don't know that editing was something that got poked fun at and was made an issue, but it was never really the issue. You know, what it is when I hear by addicts for addicts, what I think that's about is because we can be preached at, we can be told what to do, we can be taught things, we can have a million ways to be told that we're addicts and um, that uh, we need to do something different. But until we hear it from somebody who's been there, it's just not the same. Right. And you can read a, all these books on self-help, but, but when you open up the basic text of Narcotics Anonymous and you're an addict, there it is. Right. And that for me, that's the piece of, about by addicts for addicts. All right. I'm with you. Thanks, Donna. All right, Melissa. And then Casey, we got a 30 second countdown for, for both. Okay. So I'll be real quick. Uh, so I was, I have not been around since, I don't know what you called it, the great divide or whatever. I haven't been around that long to have experienced that, but I have heard about it actually at that car report thing. So um, anyway, my understanding though of that, it, it really is about like, you know, when I walked in my first meeting, that identification is like, wow, there are people just like me, you know? So I think it's very important that it is expressed in here because then I might be wondering about some editors 
but I know that this was the principles within this and the stories within this and the experience within this text. You know, I know it comes from addicts just like me. So, you know, I know it'll work for me. Thanks. Thanks, Melissa. What's up, Casey? Yeah, real quick, I just wanted to just reiterate, like if I had, I mean, I had judges tell me I needed to, to quit getting loaded. I had family that told me I needed to quit getting loaded. I had doctors that told me I needed to quit getting loaded, but none of that made sense until I heard another addict share why or share their experience with me. So I love the, the by addict for addict um, piece of it. That was it. Thanks, Casey. And folks tuning in, thank you for spending this hour with us. Uh, that's going to wind down episode number one of the guiding principles study. Please pass this resource to the folks who, uh, um, who you can and be a part of the change. Thank you for walking with us on this journey. Please reflect on what was discussed and apply it to your life. Share this resource with anyone you feel led to do so.